Hello and welcome to the Humora Show. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're doing lovely. And if it's not going well for you, take it to the Lord in prayer. Welcome to today's episode, which is about another country in Africa. In the past episodes, I have been taking you to different countries in Africa, and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I did. I've taken you to Uganda, which is where I'm from. I've taken you to Egypt. I've taken you to Morocco. I've taken you to Kenya. I've taken you to the Seychelles. And today, I am taking you to Namibia. So in today's episode, we're going to get to know Namibia a little bit more, and uh, maybe it will make you want to visit Namibia. Thank you so much for joining me today on today's episode. If it's your first time here, thank you so much. I hope you stay longer, subscribe, and leave a review. And if you've been here from day one, I truly, truly appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, let's take a short break and then dive into Namibia. Before we get back into the show, if you love my take on Uganda, and you love Formula One, why not check out my Formula One podcast called ZF1 Amateur. ZF1 Amateur is a post-Formula One race commentary podcast hosted by me, Humura Ruth, that's available on your favorite podcasting player or platform. So just go to your favorite podcast player or just search on your favorite search engine, ZF1 Amateur podcast, and you'll be sure to get Formula One closer to you. And if you like Formula E, as I do... You should also check out my Formula E podcast called Z Formula E podcast that's all about Formula E racing as well as sustainable mobility. Thank you so much. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back from that short break. Now, Namibia is a country found in southern Africa. In fact, it is the driest country in sub-Saharan Africa. It is also a small country as it covers a total land area of 825,615 kilometers squared. When it comes to its neighbors, Namibia is bordered to the west by the Atlantic Ocean, Zambia and Angola to the north, Botswana to the east and South Africa to the south and east. It is officially known as the Republic of Namibia, so you might want to refer to it that way. When it comes to its history, Namibia gained independence from South Africa on the 21st of March in 1990. So it's recently gotten its independence not more than 30 years ago. And that was after the Namibian War of Independence. Namibia had been under German rule and South African rule for about 106 years. Now, Namibia is a member state of the United Nations. She is a member state of the South African Development Community, the African Union, and the Commonwealth of Nations. When it comes to the flag, the Namibian flag can be best described this way. It is a blue stripe. It's a diagonal. Okay, it has a diagonal blue stripe that has the sun in it, then a small white stripe that is diagonal as well, then a big red stripe that is diagonal as well, and then a small white stripe that is diagonal, and then lastly, a big green stripe that is diagonal. So most of the colors are done diagonally with just the sun and the blue stripe at the top. The motto of the country is unity, liberty, justice. And the current president of Namibia is... Haj Gengob. 
When it comes to population size, by 2020, it was estimated that Namibia had a population of about slightly over 2.5 million people. The currency used in Namibia is the Namibian dollar and the South African rand. And when it comes to the calling code, if you ever receive uh, a phone call from a telephone number that begins with plus 264, you definitely know it is from Namibia. In Namibia, they drive on the left. And then when it comes to the cities that you probably will be driving in, there are about 13 of them with pretty hard names. I cannot pronounce some of the names of these cities. But we'll start off with the capital, which is uh, Windhoek. It's the capital city of Namibia and the largest city in the country. The other cities like Walvis Bay, there's Hentis Bay, there's Otujo, there's Sumeb. Omaruru and other cities that are pretty difficult to pronounce. When it comes to pronunciations and languages, Namibia has a number of languages, which I find pretty hard to pronounce as well. But first and foremost, if you're going to Namibia, it's good to know English because it's spoken a lot in Namibia. So English, Afrikaans, German, that would be good for you because Namibia was once colonized by the Germans. Um, there is also OTG. Herero, I hope I pronounced it right. There's Setswana, there's Silozi, there's Ikung, there's Rukwangali, and Oshiwambo. Those are all languages in Namibia. Now, I can pronounce all languages in Namibia because they're pretty difficult for me to say, but those are some of the languages you expect to find in Namibia. When it comes to topography, Namibia is divided into three zones. There's the coastal Namib desert, the central plateau, and then the Kalahari. Now, the, the Namib Desert stretches for more than 2,000 kilometers along the Namibian, South African, and Angolan coast. Then the Central Plateau is home to most of the Namibian towns and villages, which is probably where you would stay if you visited Namibia. It runs from the north to the south. Then the other zone is the Kalahari, which covers the eastern and southern parts of Namibia. So that's just a brief introduction to Namibia. Let's find out some interesting facts about Namibia that may want make may make you want to visit the country and experience all the life there for yourself. Welcome back from that short break. Now, let me share with you some interesting facts about Namibia that will make you want to visit Namibia. Now, fact number one, Namibia is home to the world's oldest desert. I am talking about the Namib Desert, which is estimated to be 55 million years old. It is so old. Now, it is also a really dry desert in the southern part of it, because in the southern part, you won't be able to find any riverbeds at all. You might find some riverbeds in the northern part, but in the south, it is so dry, there are no riverbeds. So if you ever visit Namibia, be sure to check out the Namib Desert. In fact, Namibia is also home to some of the highest sand dunes in the world. They can be found in Namibian deserts. There is a big sand dune that rises to 325 meters above the ground. I am talking about the Big Daddy sand dune in the Namib desert, which is open for you to visit. You can also visit another really, really high sand dune called Dune 7 that rises to 388 meters above ground. Now that is really ginormous. Namibia also has experienced the world's most extensive meteorite shower. I am talking about the Gibbon meteorite shower, which is the largest known meteorite shower on Earth. 
Now, this shower happened way, way back in time before we were here in prehistoric times, and it happened in central Namibia. Now, about 120 specimens that weigh almost 25 tons were recorded during this shower. And in fact, if you visited Namibia, if you visited the capital city of Namibia, Windhoek, you'd be able to see some of the remains from the shower at an exhibition. Did you also know that Namibia is home to the sun, the Bushmen who have been residing there for more than 6,000 years? In fact, it is home to some of the largest concentrations of rock art in Africa because the Bushmen are rock artists. Not like, you know, singers and all that, but they do a lot of rock art, so you'll be able to find a lot of it there. Ever wanted to see so many cheetahs in one place? Visit Namibia because Namibia is home to the largest population of free roaming cheetahs in the world. There's over 3,000 cheetahs for you to look at in Namibia. And I always find cheetahs really good looking because of, you know, those black stripes that come down from their eyes and down to their chins. They really look good. Thing is, they run so fast and enjoy hunting, so I don't want to be hunted by them. But they, anyway, they won't hunt you down if you do it the right way. Now, the Fish River Canyon, which is the second largest canyon in the world, is found in Namibia. That's another reason for you to visit. It is also the oldest canyon in the world, with researchers believing that it was formed 500 million years ago. So Namibia's got a lot of history. Namibia was here way, 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 way back. Now, this one, I think, would interest a lot of people. Have you ever heard of Skeleton Coast, which is the world's biggest gravesite for sailors and ships? You can find it in Namibia. Now, some say because of the violent storms and the dense fog, many sailors lost their lives at that Namibian coast, which is now called the Skeleton Coast. In fact, they say that in the 1940s, a slate was found alongside human skeletons. The slate was directing anyone who found it to go to the north. Unfortunately, it was discovered that the slate was left over a century ago. How sad was that? You know, when they discovered that and then they found out it was actually left over a century ago. So many people lost their lives at the skeleton coast. It is believed that over a thousand ships met their end here at the skeleton coast. Now, the Bushmen refer to the skeleton coast as the land God made in anger. And the Portuguese refer to the skeleton coast as the gates of hell. However, it does have... The coast on its own has something pretty amazing. The Skeleton Coast is home to the world's largest seal population. So if you love seals or you love the whole marine life kind of thing and you ever want to be surrounded by so many seals in the world, visit the Skeleton Coast because there are almost 10,000 seals there for you to look at. When it comes to the name, Namibia gets its name from the Namib Desert. Now, when you think about it, the Namib Desert is a pretty old desert, given the fact that the sun there has existed for over a million years. Another fact is that Namibia is the first country in the world to incorporate environmental protection in its constitution. Here's another fact for you about Namibia. There are only two countries in the world with desert elephants. One of them is Mali, which is also in Africa. 
and the other you guessed it is namibia so if you ever want to see desert elephants visit namibia they're slightly smaller compared to the other elephants that live in very large savannah and all that but they're nevertheless breathtaking to look at Namibia is also home to the world's largest population of free-roaming black rhinos. If that's something you want to see, visit Namibia straight away. Now, ever heard of the movie Mad Max Fury Road, which is one of my favorite movies starring Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy? I really love Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron. Ever heard of Beyond Borders, the movie, or A Space Odyssey, the movie, or Flight of the Phoenix, or The Young Black Stallion, The Cell? Ever heard of those movies? All of them were filmed in Namibia. In fact, there's more movies that were filmed in Namibia, but I can't mention them all. So it is a pretty beautiful place to film movies as well. I think places in Africa that have filmed a lot of movies, not a lot, not many of them. Okay, many of them are, there's Morocco and then there's Namibia. And because they have pretty amazing deserts is one of the reasons I think why so many movies have been filmed there. Think about the Moroccan desert. We're talking about the biggest de the biggest desert in um, Africa. You're looking at the Sahara Desert there in Morocco. Namibia has the two deserts, the Namibian desert, the Kalahari, all those are very good backdrops for films, for photography, for wildlife. So it is heaven out there. Anyway, enough about interesting facts about Namibia. I could go on and on, but time is not enough. So now let's find out what some what are some of the things that you could do in Namibia when you visit. All right, welcome back from that short break. Now let's find out what you can do when you visit Namibia. First things first, visit the deserts if you can. In fact, visit some of the world's largest sand dunes. You can go to Sosus. I don't know how to pronounce this place as well, but here we go. You can go to Sosus Ville, which is a desert with really big sand dunes. You can also climb the sand dunes we talked about, the Big Daddy Sand Dune, which rises to 325 meters. You can visit Big Mama, which is another sand dune as well. You can visit Dune 45. You can visit Dune 7, which rises to 388 meters. So that's a lot for you to see. That's a lot of sand for you to be on top of. Now, you can get to these dunes through organized tour guides. It is much easier there and... Uh, I'm pretty sure you get the value for your money. You can also visit the biggest wildlife sanctuary in Namibia. I am talking about the Etosha National Park. You'll be able to see African animals. We're talking about zebras, wild beasts, antelopes, the whole lot. You'll be able to find it there. Another thing you can do when you visit Namibia is visit the largest canyon in the world. I am talking about the Fish River Canyon. It is also the oldest canyon in the world, so you can go and see what it's like. It is in the southern part of the country. It's quite far to get to, but it is so worth it. When you get there, you can go hiking, take a day-long trek, enjoy the views, and just be there at the canyon. You can also visit the Cape Cross Seal Reserve to see hundreds of thousands of seals. Remember, Namibia is home to the largest seal population in the world. You can also visit Namibia to, and go see a big colony of wild flamingos, including pink flamingos, pelicans, and so many other birds at the Walvis Bay waterfront. 
Another thing to do in Namibia is visit Fontaine, which is the largest site of ancient Bushman rock engravings in Africa. This site has also been declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So most of the cravings that you'll find there were made by Bushmen and they were created over 6,000 years ago. So it's a lot of history. Now here's a tip for you. If you ever want to visit that site and look at some of the rock art, go in the mornings because in the mornings you get be you have better light to look at the art and the rocks and there are fewer crowds. Another exciting thing to do when you're in Namibia is visit a town that is slowly sinking in sand dunes. I am not kidding. There is a town in the Namib that is slowly sinking in the sand dunes of the Namib desert. I'm talking about the Kohlmannskop ghost town, which was once a German diamond mining town, mining town. So back then it was filled with German settlers who came to uh, mine diamonds out of Namibia. But then they left when they had exhausted the diamonds. So when you visit the town, it has a lot of German influences in its architecture. It has, you know, a hospital, a ballroom, a school, a casino, a, a tram, everything done like a German town would have been done back then in Africa. But the interesting thing to this is that the town is slowly sinking in sand. We're talking about sand reaching your knees. So you can visit that. It is abandoned, but it is a nice place to visit. You can also visit the Skeleton Coast, which we talked about earlier. We talked about the Skeleton Coast having over a thousand ships, you know, uh, a thousand ships coming to one end there, meeting their end there at the Skeleton Coast, which is quite very sad. And also, it is also home to some of the largest seal populations in the world. So that's a lot for you to see there. You can also visit Spitzkop, which is a group of bold granite peaks in the Namibian desert. So... The peaks are really high there with the high, the highest peak, uh, the highest granite peak is at 700 meters above ground. That's about, that's about 2,300 feet, I believe. So that's something if you love hiking and, you know, challenging your body, that's a place you can go to. There are also several rock formations there for you to see and sun or bushman paintings for you to look at when you visit. Last but not least, you have got to visit the country's most loved and biggest coastal town. I am talking about Swakopomond. I don't know if I say that right. Swakopomond. It's a country's everybody in Namibia loves Swakopomond. So you've got to visit it. It's also a beach resort as well. So visit the beaches, look at the architecture. Because uh, Namibia was colonized for a very, very long time by the Germans, you get to see German architectural influences in the buildings there. What it was like back in the day, you get to see that colonial history as well. You can go surfing, you can go swimming at sea, you can go sunboarding, horse riding, quad biking, eating at different restaurants. You can do the whole thing there with your friends, with your loved ones, with your family. Now, you can also take a road trip in Namibia because guess what? Namibia has some of the best roads in Africa. A lot of people say that and I agree. Namibia has some really great roads. Lastly for today, you can visit desert elephants. After all, there's only two countries in the world with desert elephants. That's Namibia and Mali. So why not visit them while we're there? Otherwise, unfortunately, we'll run out of time, but I could go on and on about some things you could do in Namibia.
but that's all the time we had for today let's look at what the namibian cuisine is like and wrap up the show welcome back from that short break now let's dive into some of the food that you'll find in namibia first up is a northern namibian staple food i am talking about oshithima which can otherwise be known as maize or mahangu pap so it is a gluten-free porridge that has been made from pearl millet flour and it can be served with spinach vegetable stew beef stew kapona or kapona which is also known as mapone worms then there is omboga which is also known as dried wild spinach so it's wild spinach that has been collected from the field boiled drained and hung out to dry you can also try out odihingu which is also known as dried meat so it's made from different ranges of meat that have been cut into long strips and hung out into the sun to dry Another dish for you to try that is a, for the brave for the brave hearted people is mopane worms which is also which are also known as omagungu so those are caterpillars that have been found and collected off mopane trees during the rainy season they are then boiled till soft and then pan fried with tomatoes onions and chilies until they are crisp so it's a street food but sometimes you can also put the worms in a stew you can also try out fish, which is otherwise known as Zambezi brim. So this is traditionally grilled fish with salt and spices that is usually served with maize pap and steamed spinach. Another dish that you can try, this one has Dutch influences in the way it's prepared, is potijekos. So I'm pretty sure I didn't pronounce it right, but that's how I, I read it. It is basically a meat and vegetable dish that has been slow cooked for about three hours and served with freshly baked bread. Biltong is another dish with Dutch influence to it that you can try when you're in Namibia. It's pieces of meat that have been marinated with salt and vinegar, spices, and then hung out to dry for about two weeks. Actually, these two biltong and potijekos can be found in South Africa as well. There's also fat cakes, which is deep fried dough, so it's a street food. There's grilled beef, which is known as kapana. It's small pieces of grilled beef that have been cooked with kapana spice, chili, and salt. Then there's a beans puree that you can try. It's a puree made from peeled white beans. Sometimes it's referred to in Namibia as oshigali. You can also try out a oshi quila which is a millet or mahangu pancake you can also try out the farmer's sausage you can try out matangara which is both beef or goat tribe you can try out marathon chicken or owawa which is an old which is a wild mushroom sorry that's about 15 dishes I've given to you to try out when you visit Namibia. But other than that, thank you so much for listening in. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as it did. And I hope that makes you want to visit Namibia or just check out Namibia. Thank you so much once again for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next week, have a lovely, lovely time. Oh, I forgot to mention, if you'd like to get in touch, please do not hesitate. My telephone number is plus two five six. Plus two five six seven seven eight nine six five hundred three. Or you can find me on email. My email address is 
mbabazibooth77 at gmail.com. That is spelled as M-B-A-B-A-Z-I-R-U-T-H 77 at gmail.com. The Instagram page for this podcast is at Show, And on Twitter, you can find me as at Ruth. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you had a wonderful time. Please don't forget to subscribe and have a lovely, lovely week. Thank you.